Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. All right, everyone. Welcome to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Okay, you going to bring it in like that, though? My name is Monique, oh. and this is. Oh, come on, it's Sydney then. now. Get down. Don't do it, cause I start singing my stuff. Here we go, yo. Here we go, no. So what? So what? So what's that? So that real. And today the scenario is: Do you believe in UFOs? Do you? Are they fake or are they real? Are they real or are they fake? And when we say UFOs, Daddy, what does UFO mean? Unidentified. Flying objects. Unidentified flying objects. Have any of y'all that's listening, watching right now ever seen something up in the sky? And you know it wasn't no plane. You know it wasn't a bird. And no, you wasn't high. You hadn't had nothing to drink. You know damn well when you looked up, you saw something that looked different. And it wasn't Superman. Come on now. What do you do? What do you say? What do you do and what do you say? Because it goes against everything that you believe in. Mm. Who do you believe in? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing this with mm, you right mm, now. <laughs> you got some songs in your Tupac heart. in my heart now. <laughs> Feel it. So we got on this conversation because of our experiences that we've had. And recently I was looking at this site and they were speaking about UFOs. And there were some individuals that were disputing the findings that they saw on the History Channel on a show called Ancient Aliens, which mm-hmm. is a favorite show of mine, of ours, actually. And in that, they were saying that oftentimes what people are seeing are things in the sky, such as planes, and now with the new technology that they're drones, and there's no such thing as extraterrestrials and Mm -hmm. beings from other planets and things of that nature. So, you know, we just thought that it would be a great topic to have a discussion in reference to, especially based upon our experiences. And we're sure that there's some other folks out there that may have had their own experiences. And uh, here we are. When is the first time, Daddy, you experienced something in the sky that didn't look like the sun or the moon or the clouds? I don't even know why you playing. <laughs> <laughs> but did I answer like a question? You asked it. All right, then. Like you wasn't there. Like, I, like you weren't there. I was there. I know. But I didn't see what you saw. Well, you brought it to my attention first, so. No, Daddy, I'm talking about when I was first coming up to pick you up from the basketball court. Well, that was a shooting star. Well, there was a, in the late 80s. We was youngsters then, and Monique, she had come to the basketball court. She was getting ready to pick me up. Wait a minute. The way you just said my name, 
is the way he used to say it in 10th grade. Hey, it's not going to change. <laughs> you were such a little boy when you just said my name. Go ahead, Daddy. I'm sorry. And there was this shooting star that went across the sky the moment that she had pulled up. And I'm one of those individuals that I believe in, you know, signs. But I didn't understand what that sign meant. And it was interesting because it was about, it was during the summertime and it was probably about 7, 38 o'clock. So it's still daytime. So to see this shooting star go across uh, the sky from left to right and not burn out and just kept going, it stopped everybody in their tracks and they were looking at it. And I said to Monique, I said, did you see that shooting star? And her reply to me exactly was, nigga, how am I going to see a shooting star and I'm pulling up to get you? Good point. <laughs> Good point. So we had gotten on the discussion of, have you ever seen a shooting star before? And she said, no, as a matter of fact, I've never seen one. Fast forward mm -hmm. from 1989 to 2000 and what? Three. No, nah, yep, yeah, 2000, about 2004, end of 2003. We're in Exuma on the beach, it's 12 o'clock at night, and we're standing there, pitch black, and out of nowhere, we see this shooting star that just goes straight across. And she began to scream, and she said, wow, that's the first time I've ever seen a shooting star. And I said to myself, Wow, that's something because I remember when we were kids and you had said you had never seen one. And to be standing here with you the first time you've seen one is very special. For me as a child, my fantasy was always to see a UFO, to see if they were real. I was always in tuned and always, for some reason, just something attracted me to them though i wasn't some star trek fan or lost in space though i liked lost in space will robbins will robbins <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> i was always said danger <laughs> danger danger but that's just letting you know how old i asses are but we saw the shooting star and then monique had turned around we were looking at each other and she said is that another one and I said, where? And she said, right there, coming this way. And it was so high in the sky. And then I was like, no, that's not a shooting star because shooting stars shoot. This one is kind of gliding, almost wobbling, if you will, zigzagging. So at first I'm thinking, Maybe that's a weather balloon because it wasn't lit. It was almost as if the moonlight had struck it and you could see the 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 shine or something coming from this object. And as it went by us, and again, we would never have seen it had she not been kind of hugging me and looking up past me. And as it kept going and going, it then all of a sudden lit up a bright orange mm -hmm. gold, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then at this point we were like, what the, and then it did this roller coaster maneuver. Like it went down, like when you go down on a roller coaster and then it went straight up and it just left. Mm -hmm. And we looked at one another and said, 
I'm glad you were here with me yes. because nobody would believe what we just saw. Yes. And then when we went to tell the people who were with us about what we just saw, <laughs> they didn't believe <laughs> what we, we had just seen. Yes. So that was the first experience of humbly, I'll say, of many experiences that we've had um, together in witnessing an unidentified flying object. And, you know, it never, here's the thing, though, it never frightened me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it never frightened me. It was just like, wow. Like, I can't believe that. But it wasn't a feeling of fear. Right. Because it was far enough away to not be fearful <laughs> so of. We get away from it. Yes. <laughs> it was obviously going in a different direction from where we were and high enough away that it didn't evoke fear more so than curiosity and awe. But y'all, okay, when you speak about, when we speak about UFOs, right, and things up in the sky, I know one night Sid was standing out on the porch, and it was about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. No, this time, by the time you came out, it was about 6 in the morning, close to 6 in the morning. But it was still dark. It was still it's getting a little light, but yeah. And I come outside, and I could tell he had been watching, you know, watching the stars. And he said, Mama, something's getting ready to come over the house. And I'm standing there. We holding hands. And he says, I'm telling you, something's going to come over the house. And sure enough, y'all, out of nowhere, here comes something over our house. It's not a plane. It's not a helicopter. It's not no balloon. And we're looking right at it. But it's like, and I looked at him like, how did you know something was going to come over this house? But when you describe it, it's not as if it flew from the left or from the right or from the north, south, east, or west over the house, as it appeared, it disappeared almost in one motion, almost mm -hmm. as if it was traveling through the dimen this dimension and we happened to see it. It was like a flash, almost like saying, I've seen you all night because at that particular time, I probably that night had witnessed about 10 of them. Now, someone saying 10 in a night, the possibilities of someone seeing one in a lifetime, what are the possibilities? I don't know because my math ain't that good. <laughs> okay. But yeah. what I can tell you is I had seen multiple UFOs that evening and since then have been privileged not only to see them because it feels different when you're just seeing by yourself. Mm. But then it starts feeling like a privilege when you get an opportunity to have others who are witnessing them with you and seeing what you're seeing. And it's just as inexplicable to them as it is to you. Well, what became funny, though, y'all, our children started seeing it so much that we'd be out in the pool and they'd be like, oh, OK, Daddy, that go one. And they just keep on playing and keep on swimming like we didn't see it so much. And it's like. Are we unique or is it just that we don't look up? I don't know. I don't know. What's our folks saying? One, one sister said, you know, um, it's so foolish of us to think we're the only ones. 
that we're the only ones here. So, yes, we are here with others. Um, yeah, we don't look up. Um, in Alabama, you can see the sky good at night. I believe I seen a UFO when I was nine years old. Well, when you saw it, what did you do? Like, when you see that, what do you do, especially at nine years old? You're probably in awe, and no one is going to believe you because if people had an opportunity to see what we've seen, they wouldn't believe it. And oftentimes people say the government knows more than what it's willing to share. And I couldn't understand that for a long time as to why they wouldn't want to share until there was an experience that we had as an, a family, uh, Minus yourself on that occasion because you were on the road. But my mother, my aunt, and the children had as a family that made me say, I understand why, because people can't handle that. Mm. And we were living in Calabasas, California. And they came out to visit, and I said, well, we're going swimming tonight, so you'll get a chance to see what we see on a regular basis. And as luck would have it this particular night, Nothing shows up. So I'm like, okay. So as we're walking, leaving to get out of the pool and we get to the steps and I look up to the sky and I said, come on, don't do me like that. Let them see what you normally show us on a regular basis. And literally about 10 to 15 seconds went by and directly above us appeared this white light. And if you were reading it in the Bible, someone would say, it sounds biblical, if you will. And this white light appeared directly above us. And then it zigzagged off right into the middle of the sky. And then it just disappeared before our eyes. At that point, I, seen my, I saw my mother do something she had never done before. And that was show me that she had a vertical. Because she began to start jumping up and down, screaming, and she couldn't believe it, what she had seen. And it was as if I was thankful for them showing themselves to her. Because, again, we see this on a regular basis, not normally as dramatic because they're normally just kind of passing through. Mm -hmm. By the next morning, when she had gotten up, she had rationalized it and said, well, maybe that was just a planet. To her sister had to say, Pauline, stop. <laughs> Planets don't just fly and appear above you. And she said, well, Dolores, I don't know. <laughs> and at that point, I said, I understand why the government may potentially say it's not important that everyone knows because everyone can't handle that. And when you see people who can believe a story that have ha that's happened thousands of years ago in reference to Jesus, and my mom, she'll tell you about Jesus, the mm -hmm. Lord, and all his friends. <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> and I'm not here to dispute anyone. Not none of them. But when you refuse <laughs> to believe what your lying eyes have shown you, which is, when I asked the question, have you ever seen anything prior to that that was like that? Reluctantly, she said, no. Have you seen anything after that that was like that? 
I mean, it appeared above us on call. On call, y'all. And then flew away, but not out of eye shot. It disappeared right in front of us. Tell me how that could be a planet. Tell me how that could be a shooting star. Because even shooting stars, you see the point of origin where it's traveled into your eye shot, not appearing directly above you, then flying away. So, again, I say there's reasons why they may only show themselves to those that are accepting because many of us are not ready for it. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Well, I'm going to tell you now, I don't know if I'm ready if one of them step off the ship. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm cool with their asses up, up there, and I know they're probably listening right now. Listen here. We cool with y'all flying around us, but if one of them step off, then that's daddy, that's, that's, that's. I mean, look, I feel prob- I feel like you feel because, you know, we got me on video running. Yes. Yes. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> OK, as I've said to you, I've had multiple experiences in my lifetime. So. On Thanksgiving of 2010, <laughs> your boy Sid thought the world was coming to an end. Over. I thought it was coming to an end. And my mama said to me, she said, you want me to go out there with you to put the food away? And I said, nah. And I hopped on a little golf cart we had and just went to the back house. And when I came out, out the corner of my eye, I see a light. (laughs) Now, I'm thinking... It's a reflection of maybe cars coming down the road. But immediately when I turned around to face the light, I realized that this is not a reflection off the road. This is not a plane. This is something that had your boy ducking down in bushes (laughs) looking like what they would call on the street a little trick. Because I look like a little trick hiding from... (sighs) These two lights, because it wasn't one light. And as I looked at it, this is why I said at first, when we had seen our friends initially passing by, yes. we weren't nervous because it was at a safe enough distance. Yes, so we could get away. We didn't feel any reluctancy. Well, for me, it it wasn't on me, on me, but it was close enough that your boy was ducking down, asking himself in real time, is this happening right now? Like, is this is this happening to me right now? Like, is there two gold lights that were moving across the sky as if they were walking? No more than three, four, five miles an hour. And as they slowly they move, saying, duck down, duck down, <laughs> duck down. Like I'm a squirrel and there are eagles above and I don't want to get snatched. And as they moved across and they slowly got further and further away, again, it was as if someone hit a dimmer switch and they just slowly dimmed out and were gone. I had more food that was left on the golf course that got 
go kart that I had to put away. So I had to hurry up and put the food away. And then some said, hey, dummy, you don't know where they went. They just disappeared. You better get the hell on out of here. And as I get on the golf cart to leave, here's another one coming across the sky. But you got to understand, it's not just flying. It was as if it was some, imagine just, Remember back in the day when you had them old black and white TVs and you cut it off and then it would just go to one dot? Mm-hmm. Now, put it in reverse. There was one gold dot in the sky and then it got bigger. And then once it got to the size it guess it deemed itself needing to get to, then it began to move forward. At that point, my black ass... <laughs> Began to run to the house because I needed someone to share in this situation no. with me. But because at this point, I'm now at the monitors in the bedroom and I see my husband running his ass. He drove the golf cart halfway up to the house I was and trying jumped. to drive. Then I jumped, jumped off of it. Off while it was still Because it wasn't moving fast enough <laughs> to get he, to the house. He jumped off. I could run it. faster. Off of it. And I'm imagine I'm watching this shit like what the hell is going on? So at this point I scream in the house, hey y'all, come out here quick, quick, quick. Yeah. I wanna call them because I need them to see what I'm seeing at this point. And David and Jonathan they what five at this time? Michael is seven, and he they all come out. I don't know where your ass is, <laughs> right? And I show them as it is in the sky, and then as we're looking at it, maybe 15, 20 seconds, because I'm thinking it's getting ready to take the same route across the street that the other two had taken, and then it just disappeared in front of me us so i didn't want to lead michael in the thinking anything but i said to him and he's seven what do you think that was and he said a ufo i said what would make you say that he said because planes aren't gold and they just don't disappear in front of your eyes Mm. and at that point that was the beginning of multiple experiences that I've had the privilege of sharing with others and having on my own. So again, I can't tell you what it was I saw, but I can tell you it wasn't a bird, wasn't a plane. Recognize Johnny Blaze ain't a damn thing changed so high as high as I could touch the sky. Feel that. Up up to the sky. That's Method Man. But anyway... I had to take it back. Cause see, when you talk about this, you want to be all serious, and <clears throat> but it's like it is what it is, and I don't know what it is. Yes. I don't know what it was, but what I do believe is humbling that we're not here by ourselves. Because what was the movie with Jodie Foster where they said the universe being the size that it is, it would be an awful waste of space if we were here by ourselves. I forgot what it was called. 
But did she say that or somebody else? Say she that? said that in the movie. Oh, I don't. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. If y'all are just joining us, we are talking about UFOs. Are they fake? Are they real? Do you believe in it? And some people, you know what, Daddy, I was trying to read this one, but it went so fast. Someone said our ancestors are from Nebula. Niburu. Niburu. That's what they said. They said our ancestors are from Niburu. And Niburu is where? I don't know where Niburu is, but Niburu is uh, where a gentleman by the name of Zachariah Sitchin, who was an individual for 30-some-odd years, studied the cuneiform text, which is written on stone, and he spoke about a group of beings called the Anunnaki who came from Nibiru and believed that Enlil and Enki, who were from that planet, and uh, came down with um, Ninma, who was a geneticist, and they created man from the beings that were already here. They didn't create Earth. They didn't create the beings. But they created the beings here from the primates that were here, and they took their DNA, and they made man. Now, the first man that they created, which is interesting, based upon what Zachariah Sitchin is saying, is called the are called the Adamu. Now, when we look to the Bible, what was the name of the first man? Adam. Adam. Now, the Adamu were allegedly created as a slave race of people designed to mine for gold to help the Anunnaki patch up their uh, uh, atmosphere due to the destruction from pollution, potentially nuclear powers and waste, and they use that to patch up their environment. So this is part of the reason why when we hear about the technology that they didn't want us to have, because there was this insight or foresight that we would be potentially in the situation that we're in right now, where there were beings that felt that if they were able to know it, why shouldn't we know it? Which kind of sounds like the disagreement between God and Satan. Mm. And then when we start understanding that the, the people of and the times of antiquity did not understand nuts and bolts technology, they describe things that they may have seen in a way in which they would understand. When you speak about Ezekiel, a wheel and a wheel. Well, a wheel and a wheel is what someone would say when they knew not what lights on a UFO would be. Because if you look at a UFO and we say that there's some of them that are designed circular, if there are lights on the outside and there are lights on the inside and you see them rotating and they're round, would that not look like a wheel inside of a wheel? So the descriptions that are being given from those times, if you apply them to technology right now, you will find that there's the correlation. When you look at in uh, uh, there's a tribe called the Dogon tribe, the Dogon tribe. We're telling for over 5000 years that there's a place called Sirius B. Now, modern scientists today knew of Sirius A, but not of Sirius B. But they've been saying this in their culture for over 5,000 years, and it wasn't until the mid-70s that Western scientists found that there was a Sirius B that existed that you cannot see with just the naked eye. You can't see. It's 
light years, numerous light years, like billions of light years away. So how would this Dogon tribe know about Assyrius B and in their rituals of dance? The individuals that they dress up like look like modern day astronauts. Mm. So where would they know that from if that's been transpiring for 5,000 years? So when we reflect on where we've come from, could it be no different than us trying to colonize <laughs> Mars? But these people have tried to colonize Earth. And just think about it. The missing link. There is no di- direct correlation of evolution from ape to man. There's a missing link, which speaks to taking the primate, infusing it with your with DNA, because in the Bible it says from the rib and man came from dust, but when they speak in scientifically, they're saying Ninma, the geneticist, is taking DNA from them and Enlil, and they're putting this inside of these animals to procreate what was already here. So hence, there's the missing link because there is no just origin where you see this transforming from one place to another. There's this gap. And the gap is, I believe, humbly, technology. Because apes are still apes. Apes are still apes. And when they and say... grapes are still grapes. Well, then talk about it then. All right. Now, I've seen some people... <clears throat> Don't do it. Don't well, do it. Well, no. There have, there have people you see that have animal looks. And you could say, wow, that's where we originate from. But then if that was the case, there would be no more apes. And we got to sign off at this point, though. All right, y'all. We got to sign off. Uh, the show is coming on when, Daddy? When? Monday at 1 o'clock, Monique and Sydney's open relationship. We want to thank y'all for joining us on this Periscope. Great, great questions, great comments. But to hear the show in full, it will play Monday, this Monday, coming up at 1 p.m., Monique and Sydney's open relationship. We love you, babies. So don't sleep on the aliens. And speaking of sleep, sometimes there is a good time to sleep and sometimes it's not. Are you tired of needing better rest, but usually wake up feeling a mess because of an inferior mattress? That can all be over now because a peaceful night's sleep is now only a few keystrokes away with a mattress that's been redesigned, and now you can get it from Lisa online. That's Lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A. What is a Lisa mattress company, you ask? It's an innovative exclusively online mattress company enhancing the gift of sleep. And here's four important reasons why. Number one, it starts with a 10-inch hybrid foam mattress with three premium foam layers for a universal feel that everyone needs for better sleep. Secondly, it has perforated 2-inch Avena foam top layer to keep you cool and give you that cushiony bounce. Number three, there's a 2-inch memory foam middle layer for body contouring. And number four, each mattress has a 6-inch dense core support foam for durability and that edge support. You need the edge support. Now, how do I know I can trust it? Well, at Lisa, they give you a 100-night risk-free trial. It's also 100% American-made. The mattress is shipped compressed in a box right to your front door, and shipping is free. Yes, free anywhere in the U.S. Well, it has to cost a fortune. Actually, no. It's a Lisa mattress. Only starts at $525. And for listening to Monique and Sydney, Lisa has given you a code for $75 off your next mattress when you put in Lisa dot com backslash open and order a mattress and we repeat go to 
Lisa, L-E-E-S-A dot com backslash open and order a mattress. And the Lisa company is like the Tom Shoes or the Warby Parker of mattresses with their one in 10 program because they donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell. The Wall Street Journal even said this is the Uber of mattresses. So remember, if you want a good night's rest and hate waking up feeling like a mess, go ahead and get a Lisa redesigned mattress. Y'all, we talking about UFOs. That's all we talking about. Fake or real? Real or fake. You ever seen something in the sky that you know it's not a bird? It's not a plane. And it damn sure ain't Superman. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Well, what is it then? It's a UFO. You know what, Daddy? I'm going to tell you something, though. I do believe that we're also here with others. I believe that. Because remember that night we were at Levity Live in New York? And there was a gentleman sitting in the front row, and you know how I feel about sunglasses Mm -hmm. inside, Mm -hmm. right? And he had on these dark glasses, and I'm like, you're going to have to take them off because I'm I'm not. Like, I'm not going to talk to you with these dark glasses. And we're having fun and laughing and joking, but we were going back and forth for a minute, and he was just sitting there. And when he took his glasses off to hand them to me, all I saw was the whites of his eyes, just the whites. Now, normally I'm a joke, and I gave them damn glasses back to him. I said, no more. No more. It was almost like he looked at me. I looked at him like, okay, you want to keep playing? Mm Mm-mm. No, he looked at you like, right, yeah, you want to keep playing? Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, no more. I said, no more, because I'm like, that's different. So I believe that we're just not here by ourselves. I believe we're surrounded with, with, and I don't even like to call them aliens, because... I would say their predecessors, if you will, their occupants of the universe as we are. So it's a level of fear because we are, I believe it's put in our DNA to be fearful. It's put in our DNA to, again, when when you hear the description of the Adamu, which was a slave race of being, look at how many individuals that are out there that you sometimes and you turn to and you say, why does it seem like you can't think for yourself? Why does it seem like you follow the masses? Mm. Why? Because it seems as if it's a part of people's DNA and only a few people are able to see. And if they're not a few pa- people able to see, only a few people are willing to do something about it. And then when the masses start following, then you get movement. But there's information that's right in front of us that we overlook on a daily basis that speaks to those lights in the sky, those worlds apart. When you look at the uh, sign for medical and you see the wings and you see the staff Mm -hmm. and you see the two snakes that are intertwined, for us, we just say that's a sign of medical. But there was a teacher named Thaw. Not that hoe over there. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Daddy, I'm proud of... <clears throat> Wait a minute, y'all. Y'all don't understand how proud I am of my daddy for knowing the lingo, baby. Who taught you that? <laughs> the lingo. <laughs> Who taught you that? Hey, I, I seen uh, Real Life Housewives. <laughs> they, they be saying it, okay? Real, that, that's how all I am. My daddy said Real Life real, Housewives. Then okay. you got to get me right but for they teaching you. I'll mess it up. But they taught you something, I mess though. it up. You, okay? See, they taught you thought. Thought. Okay. Okay. So when you see that and you see those wings, it speaks to information from above. 
and you see the staff, the staff is what the Anunnaki carry. When you see the two snakes intertwined, that's representative of a double helix, which is the symbol for DNA. But nobody thinks about that because how would we know? How would we know? Like, how would we know? When you hear the story about Noah and the ark and you say, how in the hell could Noah get two animals of each and put them on an ark like it's not enough space? But when you hear the story from the Anunnaki virgin and Noah's name was Asudra and you hear that it was given to him in the form of DNA inside of bottles so that this could be recreated. Could you get enough bottles on the ship? Mm. Because when we look at their places around the world today, that if there was something catastrophic to take place, they have every seed of all the plants from around the world so they could rebuild all over again, which would be reminiscent of that same arc, if you will. So I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's false. But the reason why this is Monique's and Sydney's open relationship, because the mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. It's no good unless it's open. So we open to the things that come around us because we don't know all the answers. But we're welcome to receive them when we think we've heard them. Now, Daddy, I wonder what happens with our other brothers and sisters Mm-hmm. And spirits. Like, I wonder how that connects. Because remember how you were saying that that's the thing that they can't explain. Like, they can't explain the spirit. It's been said that from a scientific standpoint, what's understood is the making of man. But the harnessing of the spirit of man is something that seems to still be inexplicable. In which you can understand why. Because it's something that is... You can't grasp it. You can't hold it, though we've seen things. And that's another subject that someone could construe as spirits or ghosts. Just check your, if you have your home video systems, Mm. you should check them sometimes because those heat-seeking things can pick up things that you would be astonished to see. Yes, But when you can see, when we've seen these things right in front of us, and there's some people that say they're all demonic. I don't know if anything is all anything. Perhaps there's some that are not good spirits, which I believe, and some that have more of a benevolent uh, passion. Um, I don't know the exact site, but there was uh, one of those crop circles that were put down and in binary code, it stated, and I'm paraphrasing, that um, time is essentially slipping away. Um, there are conduits out here that are looking for you, but don't be misled by essentially false promises. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And next to it, they had a picture of what we would call and refer to as an alien gray. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. And you couldn't see this from the ground. And the average person is unable to decipher binary code. I can't. But those whose minds are brilliant enough to do so, this is what they said it was. Is it real? Is it not? I don't know. But the very description of 
one not originating from Earth essentially makes them an extraterrestrial. And when you hear the description of God, which I create an acronym for and say giver of DNA, mm-hmm. his origins or the origins of God wasn't on Earth. So just by default, that would make God an extraterrestrial. E.T. Phone home. Okay. Okay. Daddy, <clears throat> that would make, that would make God E.T. That would make God an extraterrestrial, if you will. And to some degree, if we, our origins are from that higher being, um, you know, then that would, to some degree, give us a background. And that's why we, we call them alien because it's foreign to us. But more predecessors, more forefatherish, if you will. And there are also reports that there are over 20-some-odd species of these extraterrestrial beings that set foot on this earth for millenniums. Well, we've seen different species of humans. Yes, we have. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, we have. Yes, we have. And not that they were good, bad, or indifferent. It was just different. They were just different. I mean, the anthropologists say there were multiple species of individuals that lived. You know, there was the Neanderthal. There were Cro-Magnon men. Now we are Homo sapiens. There was a time in which there were multiple species of mankind walking around the planet at one time. Well, if that higher being was just one, and if it's just one, why would there be a multitude of different beings unless they're trying to get to the what one may be what may construe as the right one? You know, maybe the hominid or the homo sapien was of such. But again, as you said, we've seen individuals that don't necessarily. When we went to Cornwall, England, we saw it. I saw some individuals there that the Brit, the, their foreheads protruded over their eyes. And yeah. all love to my brothers in the UK. And they had just spoken about individuals at that time when you were filming the movie Irish Jam that they found in a cave, in a cave that were related to some of the individuals in the town, their skeletons. So when you say these individuals, where did they come from? Where did they evolve to? So it's like, again, no right, no wrong, no indifferent. But they say we're made of the stuff that stars of because we've come from the universe. So why are we surprised when we see certain things that are not normally what we are used to seeing on a regular basis? Today we are talking about UFOs, fake or not. Have you seen something in the sky? That just don't jive right. That just don't jive right. Have you seen something on the ground that could be standing right in front of you that you know is really not in front of you, but it is? Yeah. Okay. Because I think that's the spirit part of it. Again. See, Daddy, I'll be looking at you like, right? (laughs) I'm going to say I don't know. I don't know, because, again, with everything that I've seen, I can't tell you what it was that I saw. You understand? I can't Mm -hmm. tell you. I didn't get a chance to sit here and have a conversation with the beings that were driving it. I can just tell you that 
It didn't move like a plane. It didn't move like a helicopter. It made no sound at all. Nothing. So what you going to do with that? Except say it was something different. And when you start seeing it on a regular basis, it's something that is ordinary. And I won't say ordinary, but I'll say it doesn't move you in the same way in which it once did. You just expect it and you just say, they're your friends passing through. And I'll never forget being drawn to this cross in the sky. And I'm like, that is a very interesting set of stars in formation. And as I was looking at it, it was just like, wow. And then that morning when I expressed to you seeing multiple things, there was this gold ball of light that appeared within the boundaries of that cross and right before our eyes just disappeared right in that little boundary into the left side of this cross. There's a gold star. Well, I had no idea what it was. I went online trying to figure out what this thing was. I couldn't find anything that would tell me. I'm watching ancient aliens one day and they're speaking about a constellation called Cygnus, Mm -hmm. which is the swan. And they said the people from the times of antiquity said that this was the porthole from one universe into ours. Is this true? I don't know. But I can tell you what I saw. Yes. I can tell you what we saw. Mm -hmm. So when you see these things, again, life is unbelievable. Because when you get to thinking... As we stand here on the ground and we look to the stars and we see the sun and we see the moon and we point and we say, where is that located? And we say out in space. And then we say as if we say this about the planets around us, that they're out in space. And we sometimes forget that because we stand on the ground, we forget that we, too, are in space. And we're moving. In this process this orbit, and there's no ropes, there's no pulleys, it's invisible. And it's been going on for millions and billions of years, as Carl Sagan used to say, billions and billions of years. I'm not. And (laughs) we know that there are individuals out here, like with Copernicus and Galileo, who Copernicus would say, we are the center of the universe. Everything revolves around us because there were, in the church's eyes, a reason for us to be sold on being special and important, which, again, is part of our DNA to be special, to be important, to be the tops, to to fight for power and position. That's why there's so many wars, as opposed to somehow within the boundaries of who we are trying to be greater than the sum of our parts and say, is it okay being equal in that We are all special because we occupy this place called the universe together, collectively. At this moment, we are here with the understanding that it's only momentarily. If you live to be 80 years old, you get how many days? Say 28,000, something like that, Mm. that you live. So if you look and, you know, 
at that, we're here at this moment, this finite moment, and we can't explain how we got here. So why is it so strange that we can't explain the things that surround us while we're here? But there I go, there I go, there I go. <laughs> <laughs> UFOs, Uf- UFPs. UFPs? Unidentified people. You got unidentified objects, you got unidentified people. Where, where the F go at? Hmm? Uf- UFPs. Okay, unidentified, there we go. But there's a flying, but I ain't even going to trip with you. Ain't no unidentified. The unidentified ain't part of that. Identified flying object. All this tongue lashing and Monique bashing bullshit. Right. Now, th- we, that's what we're going to revert to. See, this is why I'm saying this is why. It, listen, I think that if I was approached by an alien. You'd be right at home. Yes, indeed. Yes. You'd be right at home. Yes. Shazbat. Yeah, but nanu nanu. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that even that we've been, like you said, we've been taught to fear it. Mm -hmm. We've been taught to be so afraid. And we keep seeing all the things. Independence Day, they could kick our ass. Right. We're not even coming down with no fighting. Like, but the arrogance of us. Right. The arrogance of us that one man going to bang an alien in the face. And take over his ship. Right. But you don't even know what the hell this is coming from. Where? So it's just the arrogance of us. So I think that if we get out of the way of being so arrogant and accept the fact that we're not the only ones, because why would we think that, oh, it's just us? Why? So the question is that you would ask yourself, if the aliens actually came down and wanted to be a part, could you be accepting of that? Could you open up to that? And if we say we're all God's children... Would that not include the aliens? I believe it would. Right. So if you see a three-titty bitch. Three titties. Okay, that jump on down. Could you befriend her? I know there's a lot of <laughs> gentlemen that could befriend a three-titty bitch. There's some that, you know, if if you, if the brothers will def- befriend a two-titty bitch, a one-titty bitch, a no-titty bitch. God damn it, we can accept a three-titty bitch. <laughs> but what will we will we open up to that, you know? Will we be willing to say, you are my friend? I believe we could. I believe some of us could. And to go back to your point with the ridiculousness of us fighting and beating them and all of that, I think that, again, because of the DNA that is inside of us, which allegedly comes from them. I mean, again, the description of God and, you know, we were made in God's image. When you hear the story of the Anunnaki, they're described as jealous people. And, and you got that. And when you think about, I mean, humbly, when I thought about God and I heard that God was a jealous God, Mm. that kind of threw me off because I was thinking, well, God would have no reason to be jealous of the individuals that God created. But when you reflect that the God that we construe potentially as gods that were beings from another place could be 
if we were made in their image and you see we have these traits of jealousy, which is why sometimes when you hear people, when we speak about the open relationship, oh, no, I can't. And why there's so many wars that are fought because we have to have it. But we are similar in a lot of ways. And one of the things that we've heard about is alien abduction. One of the things we hear about is monitoring the population. What happens when you see folks in Africa and they want to check on the health of animals? Do they anesthetize them, take them in, check them out, and then release them? What do they say happens in an abduction? They anesthetize you, if you will, though you may be cognizant of what's happening, but they take you up, they release you. What happens when a species of animal is overpopulating a community? Mm. There's a plan for it to come and take and make it so that it is not destroying the ecosystem. So when you hear about viruses, the Zika virus, Ebola, Ebola, AIDS, where do these viruses just come from? And then they just disappear. Yes. As if a part of the population has to be interrupted Mm. to get it to the numbers necessary because it appears as if it's overpopulating itself. And there's only so many resources that will allow it to sustain itself. And you know what, Daddy? Like, that makes logical sense. Just logic. And I think what people are afraid of, instead of dealing with it logically, they hide behind, listen, that's not the word. And the word is the word, and, and I'm not just going to, I'm, I'm not going to debate or argue with you about the word. And it's like nobody's debating and arguing, but just make it make sense. And I don't want to say that unempathetically as to why one would not be fearful because when you have individuals that you believe in that have told you a story that they believed in because someone else told them the story Mm. and then it can be explained away by individuals who are saying they are beings that came from another place that put us here as we are looking to colonize Mars what happened with these beings that came here to create these races of people. In the Bible, again, we've spoken about it, that they were the Nephilim. People accept it. In the Bible, they accept it. But did these beings just come flying down with wings through a galaxy in an atmosphere that has no oxygen? Or when you look at the hieroglyphics on the Egyptian uh, pyramids and you see there are beings that are on boats, but they are by the stars, which... One can't describe a spaceship in any other way than what they know, which is a floating vessel, but it's up in the sky. So there's your spaceship. When you think about Mecca and the Muslims, as they circle around Mecca, they're circling around a stone that comes from the sky, a meteor that is inside of that, this black meteor. Why is this important, this object that has come from the sky? That is what's inside of Mecca that they're pointing to, that they want to touch. Why is that? Why is it that the Dome of the Rock, where allegedly Muhammad ascended in 2008, there's a UFO 
that descends directly above it in front of all these people and then shoots straight up. The, di- the, the, the exact place that Muhammad allegedly ascended. And we hear these stories of ascension. Did Jesus ascend? They said Jesus ascended. The story of Enoch. Ascension. How do these people ascend? How do you ascend? If someone said, I flew somewhere, are you expecting them to just fly? Or are you expecting them to use a vehicle? But it's difficult for us to wrap our minds around it because the individuals that described it, they were pictures of dragons. But what would a ship look like thousands of years ago? Because, again, technology evolves. Mm-hmm. If fire shot from it, would it not look like a fire-breathing dragon to someone? And you see the eye of this? Because when you look at the star and you speak about Orion's belt, I can't see no goddamn Orion from those little dots. Mm -hmm. So do you see how one's imagination can just go with them? Right. So, again, I can't tell you anything definitive. But for those who are interested, look up Eric Von Donneken and Chariots of the God. Look up Ph.D. Chris Hardy and DNA of the God. Just to get started. But there are things out there. And again, keep your mind open because when you see pictures of Anunnaki's who are wearing crosses but allegedly existed hundreds and thousands of years prior to the existence of Jesus, but they have a cross around their neck, you have to say where did the origin of that come from? When you see ancient Indian text and you see drawings of individuals holding the star of David, but the Jews didn't come around until thousands of years later. Where did that, it wasn't the star of David then. Just like they speak about uh, um, the triangle, or the, uh, what's my man's name? The uh, mathematician, um, begins with a P, the Pythagoras. The Pythagorean Baby, Triangle. I would have never got his ass. I thought you were talking about yeah, Peter. The, or the Pythagorean no. Triangle. Right. In theory, it's like, do you think that was not around prior to Pythagoras? It was. It was just something that he was able to put his name to and say, this is what it is. So, again, because I, you know me, I go, I'm spaced out. See, y'all, these are conversations that we have in the closet And we've been having them now for years and unafraid to share them because we know we're not unique. We know we're not unique and it's just designed to have a little discussion amongst ourselves. And when we broaden our horizons, when we look at what's around us, when we stop looking down at our iPads and phones so much and we just start looking up into the sky and looking at the world around us, you'll be surprised what you'll find sometimes staring right back at you. You know, when you say stop looking down so much, Daddy, for everybody that's listening, the next time you go to the airport, just pay attention to what you see. Ninety percent of the people are looking down. So if anything went down, you can't describe a damn thing because you're looking down. And sometimes like, you feel like you're walking. You feel like a, you feel like there are all these robots. Like sometimes we're going to the airport. I'd be like, you know what, Lee? This just looks it, it, it looks too too crazy because you see people moving very 
robotic. And then everybody's almost doing the same thing. Nobody's looking up. Nobody's saying hello. Nobody's greeting one another. You're almost running into each other because everybody's looking down. Hence, the Adamu, the slave mentality, whatever we're given, we feed off of it. Mm. What the masses are doing, that's what we'll get. have a tendency of doing, to be a part of the masses, to, to fit in. And ultimately what we're saying, it's okay not to fit in and try fitting in in a place where you feel like you might not fit in and then you'll be surprised who actually fits in with you. And I would like to fit back in with my flip phone. I don't give a damn who think it's outdated, God, none of it. that, because I, I just need Sometimes, it back. I, I understand, baby. You know. I'm with you, because you know I didn't want to give up my little old BlackBerry for the new BlackBerry, okay? Everybody got iPhone 12s and everything, new technology. I refuse it. We refuse it. Rebuke it. I rebuke it. It's that time. It is that time. We want to thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in. And also, if you're going to be in Harlem, New York on May the 6th, I will be performing at the Apollo Theater. Tell them. Oh, my God, baby. I'm so excited about that show. I feel like I'm going home. You're going home. The Apollo Theater with myself, Tonex, Capone. It's going to be one of those kind of shows. So May the 6th, Harlem, New York, the Apollo Theater. We want to thank y'all for tuning in today to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. And remember, the mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.